Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and we are now officially in the middle of Blindness Awareness Month, and we've got another great episode for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking, giving you some of the do's and don'ts, uh, tips for interacting with people who are blind or partially sighted. And with me today as my co-host is Keisha. Welcome back, Keisha. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for joining me for this important conversation. My pleasure. I'm very excited for this episode. Yes. So thank, thankfully, Keisha has put a little fun into this topic and oh, <laughs> as, as she tends to do and uh, created some scenarios. So instead of just us, you know, reading some tips to you and talking about them, we're going to take turns reading some scenarios that are pretty true to life. I'm pretty sure every single one of them has happened. Um, and and then we're going to respond with sort of like why this was not appropriate and what you should do instead. Okay. Keisha, are you ready? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. You're waiting at a bus stop with a group of your friends with plans to take the number four bus downtown for a fun night out together. As you laugh and chat with your friends, you see a man walking up the block towards the bus stop. He's using a white cane with efficiency and is walking in a relaxed and confident manner. Nevertheless, he's using a cane, which means he's blind, and you can't imagine how scary it must be. Your friends quiet and pause in their conversation as they follow your gaze to the man. I'm going to help that guy out, you say, feeling nervous on the man's behalf. There are so many poles to run into. And what if he walks into the middle of the road? Your friends nod. You briskly jog up to the man, grabbing his arm to pull him around the obstacle he's approaching. End of scenario. Okay. Hey, so <laughs> there are some problems with this scenario. Um, <laughs> yes. As there are with all of these scenarios. So, um, so we kind of the first thing that is wrong with this scenario like is that this this you know imaginary person um you know they they were nervous they 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 felt nervous they had good intentions but they didn't really stop to really see that the man walking up the road was walking confidently and 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 with purpose um as was in the in the description that's put in there just just so that you as as listeners know what's going on but this guy, you know, or or girl, whatever, um, was feeling like, okay, I don't, I don't know if I was blind, that would be really scary. So I'm just gonna, I, oh, I don't want to run into anything that would be really bad. So they ran over, didn't, didn't do anything, didn't ask before grabbing, and th that's why this is problematic. So in this scenario, like the tip that we're kind of trying to aim towards here is just the the idea of taking a moment before. Uh, acting and just observe, um, kind of take in the evidence of what's going on. Is the person in imminent danger? Like, um, you know, <laughs> is it if it's just a pull? Maybe not. Um, <laughs> and always, always, 
always use your words before doing anything. Ask the person, hey, do you need a hand? Or like, you know, never grab someone without speaking. Like that's really a big no-no. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yes. I think, um, you know, it's important to point out too that people who are blind are not just like, in the doctor's office and the doctor's like, you're blind. Here's your stick. Away you go. Like we <laughs> learn how, how to navigate the world with a white cane. So if you see somebody confidently walking with a white cane, clearly they've been trained, they know what to do. And those obstacles are everywhere, right? Like we are encountering obstacles all the time. Yeah. And, and chances are, you know, it wasn't yesterday that this guy went blind. It was probably years ago. He's probably mm-hmm. had years of practice learning how to navigate and be independent. Yes. And so if he looks confident, awesome. Let him, let him have it. Well, yeah, he's just yeah. a guy. Leave him to it. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and I, and I shouldn't have called it a stick. It's a white cane. It's not a <laughs> stick. I just did that for like effect of <laughs> what people think, but <laughs> I think the listeners got it, you know, just like, oh, here's a stick, go forth, young. Yeah. Well, if we're in a do's and don'ts episode, I probably should like use the right language. <laughs> that's okay. Sean just demonstrated a don't. <laughs> that's right. There you go. I did it on purpose. That yeah, was, that was, that was oh. planned. <laughs> All right. Your turn. Okay. Next scenario. Next scenario. And I will also do the end scenario when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. You're standing on the platform at the SkyTrain station. The train pulls in, and you notice a woman with a white cane making her way towards the train. This looks unsafe to you, so you grab her arm to pull her towards the door and onto the train. No! (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that! Don't touch me! Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to be a hypothetical person, but it just might be me. It's okay. Uh, also, I think all blind people have gone through this very scenario. Like, <laughs> yeah, Keisha um, wrote all the scenarios, but this is the one I added in. <laughs> it's like this n- must be addressed. Okay, so first of all, ask. You, it's okay to ask. Do you need some assistance? Um, but again, remember, I wouldn't be standing on the SkyTrain platform by myself if I didn't have the skills. Okay. But it's okay. You can say, do you need some assistance? And then I might say to you, yes, can you tell me which train this is? Because where I board the train, I could I could head to two different municipalities depending on which train I get on. So it's actually really helpful. And I have to be in the doorway to hear the inside announcement to know which train it is. And sometimes by the time I get to the door, I've missed the announcement. So it is actually really helpful to know which train it is. Um, so you can ask, you could even touch me lightly on the arm while asking, do you need some assistance so that I know you're speaking to me? That is okay. That is a lot different than pulling, dragging. And sometimes we don't know, like if you're like, Hey, Hey, do you you need help? Yeah. Not sure who you're talking to. I usually assume it's me because I'm probably the only well, you, you just don't know. You don't know who else is around. It could be like, I don't know. So, you know, someone could be having trouble elsewhere. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's it can be helpful to have just a little slight touch respectfully, you know. Yeah. And I always pause for a moment. I don't just charge onto the train because there might be passengers getting off the train. So mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I pause, that is 
that seems to be an invitation for all the people around me to push me onto the train. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just waiting in case there are people coming off because I don't want to get in their way. I'm also waiting to make sure it's my train. So just no dragging onto trains, please. Okay. You're here. <laughs> right. I think that was clear. I hope so. Here we go. A scenario three. <clears throat> You're walking to work, a route you regularly take. As you navigate the familiar street blocks to your office building with your cane, you're thinking about the busy day of meetings ahead, a stressful project deadline that approaches, and some personal family issues. Your cane notifies you of the regular bumps and dips, the poles and tree wells, and of course, the pedestrian dips and sound of perpendicular traffic that lets you know there's a street crossing ahead. As you are focused on all of these things, suddenly a person across the street yells, hey, look out for the ladder. You ignore it at first as you figure your cane will pick up the obstruction if it is in your path. Although you surreptitiously lift your empty hand up to your face in case your cane cannot detect the ladder. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The person yells, the ladder is coming up. Look out. Now you're pretty sure they're talking to you, but you're not sure where the ladder is and you feel uncertain. Okay, so this is kind of, we kind of referenced this um, with the whole like touching of the arm thing or like um, that sort of thing earlier, or, like the whole like, sometimes you don't know for sure that they're yelling at you. Because I, I actually have encountered scenarios, and I'm sure Sean has too, where there's been like, you know, maybe somebody needs help down the block and it's not just me. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, and then I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, my first, unless it seems really obvious, my first reaction is I'm just going to ignore unless they like actually really point me out. Um, the other thing is, though, like, like if there is a ladder, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the guy that runs into it. So, like, we do this thing um, called, like, upper protective. I mean, that's what I, I've always called it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Um, because sometimes the cane uh, will slide under objects if it's, like, you know, below the cane's level of... of of country mm-hmm. and that's so fun i love getting yeah. in the lines uh <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah it happens so the way that we try to circumnavigate that sometimes if we're in a place where there might be overhanging branches or signs or whatever is to put um the arm kind of up across the face so that you don't get a face shot and um so yeah so that's kind of what's happening here but basically the bottom line is ideally don't holler inst- like instructions at us when we're approaching an object um because you know it's not going to add to it like especially if if you're not giving like very specific instructions like it, it'd be different if you were like hey there's a you know a ladder at three o'clock or something um no they're just yelling there's a ladder well now i'm stressed out mm-hmm. now i'm like oh wow where's the ladder i was okay, now I have to figure out where this ladder is. Like, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I stay straight? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so it just really doesn't help. Like, like if if you are just going to yell, just let us use our canes. Like, mm-hmm. in, unless you really think it's critical and then just come give us really better verbal directions in a more respectful way. Yeah. Totally agree. I feel like often whatever is yelled is it's not helpful or it's too late. Like people will 
I'll, I'll be kind of confused at an obstacle in my path and then I'll figure out, oh, it's construction. And then somebody will be like, it's construction. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Got like, that. That's the point that I <laughs> After the fact, not helpful. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, actually, I had a scenario similar to this recently while I was out on, on a hike and there's these like water guards or these like rubber kind of little walls along mm. the, on the dirt road. And it's like, you know, these people I was hiking with were so kind enough to try to tell me, like, oh, they'd be like, oh, here's another one. But it's not like, you know, I was, I stepped on them anyway, because they don't <laughs> exactly where they are. So like, right. you know, it's just, it's like, okay, you're kind of narrating what I'm going to do here. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not yeah. helpful. Not great. So okay. yeah, <laughs> now we know. Yes. <laughs> Okay, next scenario. Here we go. You are in line at a coffee shop, drawn in by a craving for a mocha. As you draw closer to the till, you hear the cheerful clerk carrying out transactions with the customers ahead. Finally, it is your turn. Your heart lifts in preparation for this delicious treat. You just got through pulling an all-nighter and somehow feel like you just aced your university t- statistics midterm and you feel like you deserve a treat. Your cane bumps the side of the counter and you ask if it is your turn as you don't want to accidentally budge in front of someone. There is a long pause. Is it my turn? You say, pointing at yourself, not sure if the person is still there. The clerk responds in a tone so different from that which they gave those in front of you. Yes, it is your turn. What would you like to order? A call in an amplified slow voice. (laughs) (laughs) You are caught off guard as you don't really know why they are speaking in this way. It is not the first time, though, that you have experienced this, so you order your drink. The response (laughs) of the clerk continues in the same style scene (laughs) oh that's good okay so yeah the first thing is the whole silent clerk um I feel like you know just chatting along and then oh my gosh there's a blind person I don't know what to do they are are struck silent so yeah first just like say hi can I you know can I help you hi some acknowledgement that it's my turn that I'm next is really really helpful it's really awkward just standing there waiting and sometimes the person isn't there because sometimes they've stepped away to to go get something or do something between customers so I never know I never know for sure Um, and then the whole like just speak to us at a normal volume and speed that you would everybody else we do not have a problem understanding Um, our hearing is generally quite good sometimes we're not sure if you're speaking to us so we might miss if you you know hey how's it going Um, so many times I've had the situation where I have responded and the person wasn't talking to me and that's really embarrassing so you kind of learn to just err on the side of maybe they're not talking to me (laughs) and then sometimes you don't respond and maybe that's where this whole speaking louder to blind people thing came from but we can hear fine Um, and if we know you're speaking to us you could just speak regular volume regular speed we're actually used to uh listening to screen readers some of us that um you know with the vol with the speed quite high so we can actually hear quite quick speech actually (laughs) definitely no need to slow it down all right 
You're in a bustling mall with your guide dog. It's the week before Christmas and you're kicking yourself for not being one of those organized people who gets their Christmas shopping done months or at least weeks before. Next year, you'll do this differently. You tell yourself, as you do every year, the stores are so cramped and people are rushing around like crazy. Your dog is doing her best to weave in and amongst all the people but it is a pretty overstimulating environment for everyone involved. With a sigh, you pull out your phone and check the list you made of what you're getting people. The final thing is a makeup product your sister really wanted from Sephora. You put your phone away and set off, thinking you'll walk around until you smell the telltale waft of fancy perfume that alerts you of Sephora's presence. You urge your dog forward, and you're pretty sure the store is down this hall. But after 10 minutes walking up and down both sides of the hall, you haven't found it. Finally feeling tired and wanting to go home, you ask a passing person if they can tell you where Sephora is. Oh, it's just down there around the corner. They respond, most likely gesturing. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so basically the, the, the problem with that one is um, you're not being by, by gesturing, like some people kind of freak out and, and they're just like, Oh, I'm just going to do what I always do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to gesture. Cause that's how I talk to excited friends or whatever. And it's fine. And, um, or sometimes actually I've encountered this where sometimes people don't think that my guide dog is a guide dog. They think that it's a different kind of dog. Um, they don't know what a guide dog harness looks like. So they're just like, oh yeah, you can see it's fine. Um, or they'll be like, oh, that dog's in training. So then the gesturing. But basically the problem with this scenario is the need for verbal description, like in a more robust way. So it, instead of saying, you know, oh, down that hall over there, it, it, it would be more prudent to say like, keep going straight you're going to come across a hallway that works off to the right. And then you're going to want to turn down that hallway and it'll be the, you know, first storefront on your left or something. Mm -hmm. And that's more useful in that sort of scenario. And, um, and then also like, I mean, just as a little side note, as a guide dog handler, like, like cane users and guide dog handlers are going to, are going to use different techniques for getting themselves around. I've been both. I can speak to both. And uh, Sean and, and Sean has too. So the thing is, is like with the guide, the guide dog, like you kind of need that verbal description because you're commanding the dog to go certain directions. Like it's not like you're like, "Hey, Joey, go to Sephora." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Oh, oh, thanks for telling me, boss. I totally memorized the map when we walked in." Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's like, okay, buddy, like you know, forward, right, you know, left, left, inside. And um, so, yeah, so those verbal descriptions are super helpful. And as, as a cane user, you're listening for, you know, the sound of, of a hall opening up. You're listening for different things. You're feeling tactile indicators. So, yeah, the more, the more uh, verbose the description in those scenarios, the more helpful usually. Agreed. And the guide dog is not picking up on your gestures or where you're pointing either. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I've, I've had people be like, oh, uh, like here, 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 I'll just point and your dog will just know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just draw the dog a map even. <laughs> yeah. No, not yeah. how that works. <laughs> <laughs> 
hilarious. I, I like to say that over there is a place that I've never been. Mm. Like it's like this imaginary place that people speak of that I have no idea where it is because it's always, oh, it's just over there. I'm like, oh. Imagine hearing that with no gestures or points. Like if only I could go over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? I'm so ready. Here we go. You have a medical appointment in a new clinic that you have never visited before. You are not too worried though, as you have your handy dandy GPS and you know this neighborhood at least somewhat since your favorite sushi place is just around the corner. However, your GPS is being confusing and your appointment time is drawing ever nearer. So you ask a passerby for assistance in finding the front door. The person agrees with a smile and before you know it, they have a hand on the back of each of your arms and are steering you in the direction of your clinic. You feel very uncomfortable and quickly correct their tactic. As you approach the door, they pull it open and hold it um, and hold it for you, ushering you through first. Okay. I actually had a friend in high school who used to guide me by putting her hands on my elbows behind me and steering me. <laughs> I might have drawn a little bit from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my parents were like, you have to tell her that's not how you guide. I'm like, okay. So yeah, the, the sighted individual who is guiding is always going to lead. So they're going to be in the front because they're the ones that can see what's coming up. And we're going to take your elbow and walk kind of a little, just slightly behind you as, as we walk together. And I think doorways are always the thing. Um, I, I often say to people, don't be a gentleman. When you open a door, just let me know that the door is going to be on the left or the right. And then I can reach my hand up and, and take hold of it. So you don't have to turn yourself into a pretzel walking through the door <laughs> with me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And another thing I'd like to add to that too is I have, I've encountered, it used to happen to me a lot in university where I would encounter these really, really lovely people, like really kind hearted folks who would hold the door open and not, not tell me they were holding it open. Like uh, when I was mm. heading into the building and, and then I would be awkwardly like feeling around, I might accidentally like touch them or I'm like, oh, yes. you know, it, it, it was awkward. And so I'd say in that scenario, like if you want to hold the door, like speak up about it, please. Um, or you know what? don't it's not rude to if we're like a cane user and uh or a dog user and you just want to just you can just walk through like you don't have to be fancy it's okay I, we appreciate you isn't there something about that with guide dogs um it's easier yeah. for the dog if the door isn't being held open because they're um, not sure what to do yeah i mean i mean uh like my dog will typically go through but it but sometimes like yeah it, it is it can be helpful like guide dogs at least with um, the school I went with, they're trained to find the handle mm. and they place their nose under the handle to show you where it is. Um, so when it's closed, that's much easier to do. Um, so mm. yeah, so like, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think bottom line, just give us a heads up that you're there because also it's really awkward touching random strangers. Oh, so awkward. Yes. <laughs> and you're si the silent person that's holding the door and now you're feeling them looking for the <laughs> handle of the door yeah it's not not fun oh. cringe okay <laughs> okay here we go you're walking into your biology 101 classroom for the first day of class and begin looking for a seat you see a girl sitting in the front row with a laptop with an empty seat next to her and she looks nice enough so you take the seat 
You greet each other, and then your eye is caught by a fuzzy golden head placed sweetly on the most adorable set of front paws. And you squeal internally as you can't believe you're sitting next to somebody with a dog. You must pet it. It is so cute. You can't help it. Hi, buddy, you say in a delighted voice. What a beautiful puppy. Oh, my goodness. Then you pet the fuzzy head, which lifts, and you are met with the most gorgeous set of brown doggy eyes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I, I really wanted to make this scenario, like, really, like, people, I think, often are internally freaking out with delight about dogs. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really put that across. <laughs> I hope I was delightful <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, I really yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, I'm a guide dog uh, user currently, handler. Uh, I don't I don't use him. We're a, we're a team. Um, and I, this, this whole thing is just to say, don't interact with a guide dog unless you have permission from the handler and you're, and even in a classroom scenario, like when I was attending university, like my guide dog was in harness under the desk. When the dog is in harness, you don't do anything. You don't, you pretend it's not there. Yeah, I know you see it. Yeah, I know, like, you might accidentally catch each other's eye. But try to avoid eye contact if you can. Don't pet, don't feed, don't beckon. Don't, don't even say its name. I have friends and family to this day who still say my dog's name while he's on harness. Mm. And I'm like, guys, give mm -hmm. your head a shake. <laughs> um, and it's like, and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry. But it's like, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like the, I know it's cute. Like I love dogs too. But even even with dogs who aren't working dogs, like the, the protocol should always be speak to the handler or the or the owner or whatever before you touch the dog. Because what if you're running into a you know a non-working dog on the street? Maybe they're a biter. But the but you know their 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 handler has them on a leash and they they have their thing going on and the handler's like okay no one's gonna touch my dog it's fine mm -hmm. but then you go over and you pet the dog and you get bit. well that's on you yeah. so you always need to ask before you touch anyone's dog and um yeah so that is my that's my soapbox folks <laughs> nice nice nicely said thank you <laughs> all right um. <clears throat> Next scene, you are heading out on a first date with someone and you are at a nice restaurant. They shyly and sweetly offer you sighted guide to the table, which you accept. When you reach the table, they let you know that you have arrived and you fumble for a few minutes trying to visualize and figure out the layout. <laughs> yes. No. So um, this happens a lot. I, I feel like people kind of get the whole guide you to the thing, but then they don't know how to show you the thing, whether it's a seat, a couch, a, um, a booth, a chair, whatever. So a, a really kind of easy way is just the arm that they have a hold of. So the person that has your elbow is, is holding your arm just around your elbow. If you extend that arm and put place it on the back of the chair that they're going to sit or on the edge of the booth where they're going to sit or on the table that, you know, they're, that you've arrived at, just some frame of reference of this is, here's the table, here's your seat, here's the booth is so, so helpful. And it makes that whole fumbling trying to figure out, because otherwise it can be a bit like, 
you're feeling around, which can be awkward and embarrassing if there's other people, but also like, okay, I found a chair. Is this my chair? Is this your chair? Is this the other table's chair? Like (laughs) it's, it can just be a little bit chaotic in that moment. So really helpful to just kind of do the pass off with your arm and, and give us a bit of that verbal direction. Yeah. Here, here. Okay. Enough said about that. (laughs) All right, here we go. You are chatting animatedly with your friends regarding the party you attended last weekend. Two of you are fully engaged in the conversation. And then you ask the other friend a question and are met with silence. Turns out your friend snuck off to the bathroom a few minutes ago without saying anything. (laughs) This happens so often. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Like the amount of times like I've talked, ended up talking to air. Oh yeah. Me too. It's like maybe I've been saying things for like a minute or more. Oh yeah, me and Air, we're tight. We've talked about a lot of things. <laughs> we are. We're so tight. Um, but basically, it's it, it's helpful if in that scenario, if you tell us you're leaving, just like, oh hey, I'm just gonna nip out for a sec. I'll be right mm-hmm. back. Whatever. Yeah. You, don't, you don't even need to tell us you're going to the bathroom. You know, you can keep that all private if you want. But right. Like, I'll be right uh, back. I'll be right back. Just stepping away for a minute. And then it's like, okay, cool. I know that you're not there. So I'm going to, I'm going to just not talk to you right now. (laughs) Yeah. And then also make noise when you come back. So if we are talking about you, we know. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Because that's awful too. (laughs) Guess what I got to so-and-so for Christmas. Right. (laughs) So-and-so's like, oh, do tell. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You sit with some coworkers at lunch at your new job. They are talking about a new movie they went and saw last weekend. Hey, did you see that one yet? The coworker to your left asks excitedly. Oh, sorry. They correct themselves. Did you hear that one yet? Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh, this. Uh, so. <laughs> Blind people still use visual language. Uh, We recognize that we live in a visual world and are perfectly comfortable with the use of visual language. In fact, I, it bothers me so much when people try not to use it because it's so awkward. It doesn't sound right. And it's, you're just like, makes you feel like a weirdo. Yeah. I feel like it tips me off that you see me as different. Mm -hmm. Um, When you just relax and speak the way you do to everybody, I feel more included which maybe that's ironic. Maybe that's not what people would think. And I know that it's just, you know, people are trying really hard to be respectful, but it's almost trying too hard. It just, I don't, I don't need you to eliminate the visual language and I still watch TV. I also hate it when people will correct me. If I say, Oh, I'm reading this amazing book. They'll be like, Oh, but you're not actually reading it. Right. You're you listen to it. Like, don't do that. I'm still reading. Like it's my way of reading. So yeah. Also like the goal of correcting our use of visual language. Right. Yeah. Like, excuse me. Like you already can see now you're going to own all the sight words (laughs) (laughs) and not let us use them. Come on. (laughs) yeah but just basically just take a deep breath everything's okay like we're not that different weird it's not gonna be offensive like at least you know not to us Uh, in the like i've never ever found uh sight words offensive no no and if somebody does i i have like worked with kids who will give me a hard time you say okay 
I don't know, like everybody pay attention to me or look over here or something like that. And some smarty pants will say, I can't see I'm blind or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, but, <laughs> but they're just also teenagers. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they like to mess around. <laughs> totally. Okay. Your partner invites you to a family reunion. And although you know their parents and sister, you quickly meet tons more family members in mere hours. You're working hard to get their voices down. But when a woman comes and says hello, you awkwardly say hi. Do you remember my name? She asks. Sorry, not yet. You smile and shrug. Try a guess. <sighs> um, yeah, please, please don't play those games. Like, just identify yourself, especially if we haven't met too many times. And, and in a scenario like that, like, even sighted people have trouble. Like, you know, it's, there's a lot of faces to memorize and whatever else, and it's it's overwhelming. But, like, for us, it's like, or at least for me, I know like it's like I am trying to catalog your voices, but there's 30 of your voices that it's mm -hmm. a lot. It's overwhelming. Please just in that scenario, come up, just say like, hey, it's, you know, Jen, um, I'm, you know, your partner's cousin or whatever. Um, yeah. or, or even just say, hey, it's Jen. And then it's like, oh, nice. Like, I, you know, the guessing game, not really fun. Mm -hmm. I also voices heard out of context are much harder to figure out. So when we're at work, we're going to recognize the work people by their voices. When we're, you know, with our family, we're going to recognize those voices. But I didn't recognize my own dad's voice one day on the street when he hollered hello to me out of his car window because I wasn't expecting him to be in my city at that time. Right. So like out of context, it's like, I know it's familiar. I know I really know this person, but I can't place it immediately. So yeah, just tell us your name. It just yeah. makes things much easier. All right, here we go. The person you've been dating for a few months comes over while you are at work one day and decides to rearrange your office to make it more organized as a nice surprise for you. When you get... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> When you get home, you bring your bag into your office and immediately run into your desk, which is in a new spot, and cannot for the life of you locate your USB with the files for tomorrow's work presentation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you you originally had this written as your mom, and I'm like, if either of our moms did, yeah, like, they would never true. do that. So yeah, I changed true. it. I'm glad you changed it. Because, yeah, like, <laughs> by now, our, our moms are just like, they get it. They're well trained. They know. Yeah, like a, new, a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend might be like, "Oh, this will be so nice. Like, mm -hmm. I'll make, it, I'll make it so special." Like. <laughs> exactly. So don't rearrange things on us. It's not helpful. And even if it's a messy pile, we know that we put our thing in that messy pile. Maybe, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe not. But that's our own problem. But yeah, when you try to tidy up and put things away. Um, or don't put things back kind of where you found them, it can create quite a lot of frustration. Well, and like the other thing too is like, so like if you're like cohabitating or whatever and you, and you really, you're like, oh, I really hate the layout of this stuff. Like do that collaboratively. Do oh the, yeah, good Do point. the rearrange collaboratively. So, you know, your, your blind partner or whatever is like part of it. They've mapped, they get to map it out right away and, and they get to help decide. <laughs> yes, totally. Good point. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can never have the furniture rearranged. We yeah. just need to be a part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> 
awesome. Because, oh, oh, I could imagine, like, if somebody, like, rearranged my bedroom. Because sometimes I like to, like, walk through my bedroom door and, like, leap onto my bed. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh, no. What would happen? <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible. Oh, oh. the floor. Yes. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, that that was really fun. Okay, so a couple of things that have to be said. Obviously, all people who are blind are unique and what, you know, what one person finds helpful another might not. So, we can't speak for the entire blind community. I think we've picked things that most most people would agree, but get to know your individual blind person in your in your world. Um, but I I feel like some of the the things are pretty um, universal, like not grabbing us and dragging us. And well, that, and that applies to sighted people too. Like you're not going to go grab a sighted person on the street. Right. I hope. Totally. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe stop and think like, would I, would I consider doing this behavior if the person wasn't blind? Mm-hmm. If not, maybe check yourself there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also it is always okay to ask, do you need some assistance? It's when people assume that I do that I get really offended. It's when they just go ahead and help me without asking. But when people check in, like, are you, do you need, do you need some help? I, that doesn't offend me. If I don't, I just can say I don't. And, and no one's offended in that situation. So, so it's okay to check. Totally. Okay, Keisha. So you, actually had one other scenario included that I was like, there is no way this actually happened. You want um, me to read it now? So, so I'm going to, I'm going to read it because okay. I just have to know if this actually happened to you. Okay. okay. You're working out at your favorite gym one day, enjoying burning off steam after a stressful day and immersed in the challenge and flow of giving your best effort at the weight reps you are doing at the free weight station. You know, this gym well, and feel comfortable navigating and doing your workouts. You've just switched positions and are working on a different type of lift when suddenly a pair of hands have grasped your arms and someone is trying to maneuver your body. You were so tuned into the workout that you did not hear them approach and it is very startling. You wrench your arms out of the unwanted, unfamiliar grip and turn to the person. Please don't touch me without permission. Why did you do that? The person responds with, well, I noticed that your form wasn't quite right and saw you walk in here with your cane. So figured you wouldn't be able to see if I showed you the correct way. So I wanted to show you and help you out. It can hurt your body when you're not in the right position for weightlifting. Did this actually happen to you? (laughs) So it is absolutely based on a true story. So I did one time, uh, I kind of tweaked it a little bit just I don't know because I, I was like I don't I don't know if I should, if it would be too on the nose but I'm gonna just tell the story now. Okay, so yeah, so this totally did happen in a, in a, in a way. So I was I was at like um I was at like a group fitness class, and part of the part of the class is you know it's it's very heavily cardio based, but there's also um, a certain degree of free weights that you do at the end of the class and like. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, it took me some time to, to figure out how each position works. And it and that scenario is absolutely right. Like, you don't want to mess up your positioning because you could hurt your back or you could hurt certain muscle groups. But anyway, so I'm, I'm going along. I'm having so much fun. I totally use this class as a stress release thing, mechanism. And it was just like, woohoo, having the best time. Then I get to the, the weights thing. And, and sometimes I... 
like would do this weight section like like they basically the instructor would stand at the front and call like the different moves would be like okay now we're doing triceps now we're doing you know mm-hmm. creature curls now we're doing this but i would sometimes i would just do my own routine because i just was like nah yeah. i've got i've got what i like i'm just gonna do it and it's good enough but i think they thought i was doing it wrong or something or maybe my form was slightly off but without saying anything like this particular instructor just came up and like started manipulating my arms into the position they wanted like they, uh, they that the that the position required mm-hmm. and i just like i just like pulled my arms away and i like glared at them and i was like hey like that's not okay like please don't do that <laughs> and they and they were like they 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 meant it helpfully but i was also just like no like if you want to show me the correction it's more appropriate to do so after the class. Totally. And ask, and I know, you know, you can say, Oh, I noticed that you weren't doing or, or do you want some feedback on your technique or, you know, can I show you how the whatever bicep curl actually, you know, how, how <laughs> I'm doing it or any, any different number of ways, but because yeah. I do want to have good form and I do want to do it right. And sometimes I do go up to the instructor after and be like, Hey, how do you do this? I, I didn't understand what you meant by this new, like butterfly right. lift or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's totally, or, or like Sean said, if they, if they see a problem and they want to come up after totally, totally acceptable. Uh, but it was just that scenario where it was like hands directly on doing the manipulation. I, I just wasn't okay with it. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's something. I don't know. That feels dangerous to me too. Like just the gym scenario of like well, you've got it, weights going on and somebody's grabbing you and you don't know they're doing that. Like well, it's not even like I could hear them approach because the meat is like in this group fitness, it's like the music is loud. Right. And yeah. With it. Yeah. No, it was Very like, jarring. I was so bad. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully Many, many people will listen to today's podcast and learn so much about what to do and not do um, in interactions with people who are blind. Please, please share this episode if you have somebody in your life that you think could benefit. Um, well, really, or anybody in your world who doesn't really understand or know much about blindness, I feel like this would be really helpful to many, many people. Yes. Thank you, Keisha, for joining me. And thanks for creating all these great scenarios. Oh, I, I had so much fun. Thank you. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.